1: Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, Dramatic Takes on Your Favorite Games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan, and it's and been it a is, while. <laughs> it's been like a almost it feels like it's been almost a month since we sat down to record a fucking episode. God, it no, okay. It
0: hasn't quite been a month.
1: Not but. not quite that long, but like boy howdy. Um So, we're back. You are here we are recording this slightly before i finally finish editing the episode that we recorded like three weeks ago before my computer died i'm excited i came up with a fun game that i'm gonna play with dylan we we've done something like this in the past but now we're gonna we're gonna do a different take on it um okay but before we get into that hey dylan how are you it's been a long time like we've talked during D and D, but it's been a while since i've just like had a chat with you oh man
0: yeah uh i'm doing all right um life's a little weird right now um I, as you know, I've been working at the uh, f- local farmer's market in my town, yeah, um, yeah. and it was pretty cool, but, like, not my manager, he, I I don't even think he counts as my supervisor, but, like, he's a guy who works in the same department that I do, who is, quote-unquote, in charge, as per, like, you know, my manager's designation, just because he has the most seniority. Uh, Only problem is, the dude's a fucking sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, not even, like, insofar as, like... Oh, he's just, he's gets on your case. But, like, no, the dude is just, like, does not talk to people. And, like, he just kind of sits, he stands in the corner and just kind of stares coldly out into space. Um, And cool. he doesn't like, he doesn't like being talked to. I hesitate, like, whenever I need help. Because, like, when I ask him something, he looks at me like I should already know it. And when I mess up, he is very condescending about it so there's like no winning with this guy because i eventually decided like all right you know what i like literally everyone else here and i like this job but like the anxiety i am getting from this one individual is not worth all of this (laughs) yeah Um, that's fair i uh i i had to i had to get out so uh i have two more days And then we'll see what, what's next for Dylan. But like,
1: it it sounds like it will be hard for it to be worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically though. Um, and then like, you know, after, like, once I put in my resignation and like more people in the, the market started to hear about it, they're all like, yeah, dude, he's an asshole. You should have, you should have told someone, but I'm like, (laughs) that's all good. I'll, I'll just, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. But anyway, so apparently someone approached him. It, It might've even been the owner of the store. Is just like, dude, stop being a jerk. Like, you know, it's you don't have to be, away employees. You don't have to be like a camp counselor or anything. But you know, at least you know, be a little bit friendlier, a little bit more inviting. If you if you feel like any negative emotions, just try to smile through them or something. To in response, and this happened today, so this is fresh. He just smiled. He like Stepford smiled the entire time he was there. I hate that. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like what a child. So yeah, I mean, like it's it's fine. I, but like I figured you would enjoy that as someone who has worked in a Whole Foods. Um, yeah, who, you know, probably has not worked with a case as bad as that one. But
1: no, fortunately not. Dang! I well, I'm glad you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, boy howdy, that is not an environment you want to be in for longer than you have to be. Yeah. And now it's my job as your friend to take your mind off of this by playing a game that I'm calling Spot the Dud. (laughs) Okay. So you might remember, and listeners, you may also remember that uh, a while ago we did an episode on sort of the, the state of video game criticism. And the ways in which it's kind of terrible. Uh, as, like, actual criticism that is actionable for the people who make games. And at, near the end of that episode, we played a game in which I read off snippets, where we we read off snippets of game reviews to one another and attempted to guess what the rating was, just as a proof of, like, boy, howdy, these words that we're reading have nothing to do with the the numerical scores that they've been given. <laughs> so today, because I I also, like... I think that there's room for us to play more games on this podcast, and I, I like the idea of doing something weird every now and then. Um, yeah. I have collated four groupings of games, three games per group, all from roughly the same strata of review. All of these reviews are courtesy of GameSpot.com, and so each group is within like a half point of one another, okay. more or less. Okay. And what I'm going to do, Dylan, is I'm going to read you the opening and closing paragraphs. And if any of them have particularly choice nugs to be mined down there in the meat of the article, I'll read those too. Okay. Uh, but your job is going to be to guess which of the three got the lowest GameSpot game review. Oh, I like score. this game. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start mild. We're gonna we're gonna start at the top of what I determined might be fun. And then we're going to just sort of nosedive over okay. the course of this episode. Okay. So game number one for you is the 2005 PlayStation 2 game FIFA Street.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, we going in.
1: Uh, which, for one thing, includes an image that I will make sure to tweet without context when we're done Recording this, but I'm also going to share with you in the chat right now. Let's come in at you like Cleopatra, my dude uh, Enjoy this absolute oh. unit <laughs> He's got The like image the for Adam those Driver. of you wondering is for, th- for the character customization and it features a man who is simultaneously Almost as wide as he is tall and also chiseled like you won't believe
0: I've seen Jojo characters that <laughs> make more anatomical sense than this lad <laughs>
1: Hot on the heels of NBA Street V3, which was released earlier this month, comes FIFA Street. EA Sports Big's first attempt at applying a successful street formula to the most popular sport in the world. Also, remember fucking EA Sports Big? No.
0: Also, That was like, like
1: their, their like, for lack of a better way of putting it, EA Sports' edgy division. Oh my um,
0: god. Uh, also, real quick, I just want to say this right now. Um, the In the image you have sent me, <laughs> the tattoos... Uh, the or the options for tattoos that you can put on your character are a dragon in the shape of an S, a shark that makes an E, and just an X.
1: <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but you're totally right. I love it.
0: Yeah, I just thought that was very important. Um, <laughs> um, so I love I love Brennan, but uh, do we do we add the key art to our uh, audio files when we put them on our site? I do. <laughs> Okay, let's make this the... No, I don't think we can. (laughs)
1: Um, Continuing the paragraph. Like its NBA and NFL counterparts, FIFA Street offers a highly stylized, over-the-top version of the sport which it's based on, and sees soccer's most famous players competing in locations far less glamorous than the stadiums they're accustomed to. The game they're playing, on the other hand, is straight out of a Nike commercial, and it places as much emphasis on humiliating your opponents with flashy moves as it does on scoring goals. The result, FIFA Street, is a soccer game that boasts far more style and su- than substance, and has more in common with the FIFA games of old than it does with FIFA Soccer Two Thousand Five. I can't then tell there's... if that's
0: like a good review or or I maybe like... the,
1: maybe the final paragraph will give you uh, will give you some more detail. Info. Okay,
0: because like the the flash over substance definitely makes sense, but everything yeah. up until that point continue.
1: As the first entry in what will almost certainly become a series, it didn't, (laughs) FIFA Street is a disappointing, but it's definitely a better game than the sum of its parts. It's not a difficult game to pick fault with, as you've probably gathered, but it can also be fun for a short while when played with the right people. Should you go out and buy a copy? No. Should you keep an optimistic eye out for FIFA Street 2 announcement in the future? Definitely.
0: Wait, what? (laughs) You're not gonna get a FIFA Street 2 if the first one doesn't sell.
1: Okay, I lied. There was a FIFA Street 2. Uh it got a, wor- a, f- a f- well no I, I lied it got arguably a better rating the rating i got okay, is out of okay. 5 this is, rating is out of 10 Okay. Um, <laughs> so that was that was game number 1 also that just made me want to go play fucking Mario Super Strikers on the GameCube really really bad Mario
0: Hoops 3 on 3
1: <laughs> Yeah exactly like Mario sports games are always fucking phenomenal. Uh game 2 a game that i played a whole lot of uh, from 2003 for the GameCube Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Oh yeah. The games based on J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter franchise have always been great commercial successes riding the coattails of the wildly popular books. The game this the game's publisher Electronic Arts has boldly attempted to branch out from the action-adventure games by creating a sports game, uh, sports here in air quotes, based on the fictional sport of quidditch. That's not remotely how Michael that word King, would be said in the Tell me cup. more yes. about quidditch. <laughs> based on the fictional sport of Quidditch, which is described in the various Harry Potter books and depicted in the films. While Harry Potter Quidditch, Quidditch World's Cups is a decent first effort at simulating the chosen <laughs> sport of wizards, it falls short of its promise primarily because of sluggish controls and shallow gameplay. Hey, Game Spot, eat my whole butt. Seven-year-old Chris loved that game.
0: Yo, I rented that game once, but that game was cash.
1: It fucking owned so hard. Like, what um, other
0: what other sports game can you say... Like, allows you to fucking dogfight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, final final paragraph. Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup is a pretty decent first effort for simulating the fictional sport of Quidditch. However, the developers have definitely left plenty of room for improvement. How, uh, with tighter controls and a little bit more effort put into deeper, more strategic gameplay, Quidditch World Cup might have turned out to be a very good game. As it stands, the game will primarily appeal to hardcore Harry Potter fans who are willing to overlook the flaws. So that was the GameSpot review for harry potter quarter to world cup finally in this category we've got another game that i loved the shit out of 2005's gamecube game pokemon xd gale of darkness
0: classic
1: pokemon xd gale of darkness is the latest cre- creature collecting role playing game in the series and only the second real pokemon game to appear on the gamecube that's somewhat surprising since you're gonna changed. say
0: only the second real pokemon game <laughs>
1: Can you imagine this fucking Greg Muller for for GameSpot taking the hottest take in the history of time? Oh my god. That's somewhat surprising since the series doesn't change much from one installment to the next. Gale of Darkness retains the basic monster battling formula as its predecessor, but with a longer single player game and a few minor gameplay tweaks to address some common complaints about the previous game. As a result, the only people who will really appreciate this game are those who are already familiar with the series. Okay. Fair enough. That we is... get our final paragraph. <clears throat> Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness is a fun, though familiar, trip back through the world of collectible creatures. At about 20 hours for the single player game, it's a fairly lengthy adventure. The Shadow Pokemon capture system hours does feel isn't slightly. At... <laughs> what?
0: 20 hours? Like, just like nowadays, like yeah. 20 hours is hey, a lengthy even adventure. A
1: po- even back then for a Pokemon game.
0: <laughs> yeah, like. You know, like, Final Fantasy, you could point at any of them, and they're, like, easily, like... I think, you know, Final Fantasy VI on the Super Nintendo in 1994 took me, like, 30 to 40 hours. Yeah. Like...
1: The Shadow Pokemon capture (laughs) system does feel slightly limiting, but at least the purification process is a bit easier. What does that mean? Fucked if I remember. Still, if you aren't already a Pokemon fan, you won't find much here to make you one.
0: Wait, did did the reviewer say... Uh, I assume he did. No, no, no. The, don't, yeah, the fuck? If I remember,
1: that was me. <laughs> Again, okay. can you imagine this man? It's like this is this reviewer's last day before retirement, and he's <laughs> leaving it all out there on the page.
0: Um. Yeah. No. The the purification because like Pokemon XD had like the shadow Pokemon.
1: Oh, that's right. You had to like steal other people's Pokemon, but it was okay because they were insane.
0: Yeah, like they they needed to be helped. I I. I tr- I'm drawing a blank on the
1: word, uh, so ignore me. But anyway, that is uh, okay. ca- uh, sweet one. As a reminder, we had FIFA Street, Harry and Potter, are these Quidditch all the World same Cup. reviewer
0: or are uh, these... no? These are not all the okay, same okay, reviewer. I didn't, okay. I
1: didn't put that much effort into this. Okay, fair. FIFA Street, Harry Potter, Quidditch World Cup, and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Dylan, which of those do you think got the lowest score from GameSpot? <sighs>
0: if I had to guess, I would say Harry Potter. If it's Pokemon, what? I'm fucking starting a riot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. Pokemon got the highest review. The lowest was, indeed, Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. And for bonus points, what do you think that ra- rating was out of 10?
0: For Harry Potter?
1: Yeah. Uh, um, Probably like a 6. You were very close. You got a 6.5 on that one. Hey, all right. FIFA Street got a 6.7, and Pokemon XD rounded it out at 6.9. Now let's take... A deep nosedive. Not terribly deep just yet. That'll be the next step. What's the point of a 6.9? Just give it a fucking 7 at that point. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of any of these fucking numbers? No, I mean, all like,
0: right. I get that. I get that. But, like, you know, a 6.5 is like, all right, it's not quite good enough to be a 7, but, like, you know, it's, right. it's almost there.
1: Coming in at number 1 in uh, in our second suite of games. Coming in at our first... Coming in at number 1, like, I'm giving that away. huh? The first game I'm going to read is 2012's Asura's Wrath for the PlayStation 3. Okay. This game I fucking loved. This game is stupid as hell and I yeah. absolutely love it.
0: I I probably should have played it, but I wonder if it's on Steam. Probably not. Probably I imagine not. it's I imagine it's a PS3 exclusive. I think
1: it was. Anyway, going into it, uh this cur- this review begins. Asura's Wrath might seem like a game firmly engaged in the throes of an, of an identity crisis. It balances delicately on the line that separates interactive movie from game in an attempt to buck the negative connotations generally associated with the form of characterization and its love affair with quicktime events. But the reality is that Asura's Wrath gnashes its teeth, plants its feet, and pummels that line into a fine powder with a flurry of punches as it confidently declares itself an interactive movie first and a game second. Unfortunately, that prioritization means the traditional action parts aren't as much of a selling point. The mostly hand-to-hand combat system is shallow and repetitive to the point that it isn't any more intricate than the quick-time events dominating the rest of the game. And the surprisingly satisfying story becomes the sole reason to see Asura through to the end of his journey. I fucking love this game. It's like a weird sci-fi myth. It's like sci-fi anime... Anime? Hmm boy i do sure love the anime stuff that you watch all the time dylan uh Uh, it's (laughs) it's like a sci-fi anime take on like hindu and buddhist I,
0: i was gonna say it's dragon ball except instead of journey to the west it's hindu mythology yeah
1: uh it's real weird it's it is to hindu mythology what bayonetta is to christian iconography okay that makes sense but then as you can tell from this review not nearly as deep or satisfying to play as bayonetta
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, like, flash over substance, at least from what I saw. And, so like, gonna- because at the time it came out, I was, like, huge into Devil May Cry 3. I just kind of turned my nose up at it. That's Which fair. I, I kind of regret now uh, because it sounds like a fun experience. Anyway, yeah, moving on. here's, here's
1: the. F- I'm going to give you the last two paragraphs of this one because they bleed into each other. Okay. There's something to be said for the responsive controls and the desire to streamline gameplay mechanics for the sake of accessibility. But what that means in real terms is this: there's no sense of triumph in completing a difficult task. There, you, 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 you didn't. Did not only the game, not but only yourself. The game but yourself. I was about to go into. <laughs> you didn't win. There's absolutely no sense that Asura's godlike powers are ever really at your disposal. There's no sense of accomplishment save for watching end credits roll. There's no challenge, no enemies that put up an engaging fight. It's all very safe. Truth be told, that method of design makes traversing the entirety of Asura's entertaining story relatively painless, but if there was ever an argument to be made against uniform pricing, Asura's wrath is it. It's a game because its price demands that it be categorized and measured against those relative merits. Yet when taken for what it really is, an anime film that just happens to use a game engine as some mild interactive mechanics, a price point that complete- competes with similarly themed movies would present Asura's Wrath in a far different and potentially groundbreaking light. I just want to throw out there that the reason I remember this game so fondly and one of the only things about it I remember is that there's a point where you, Asura, fight your, like, longtime Virgil character on the moon while the game inexplicably chooses to soundtrack this with the fourth movement of Antonin Dvorak's New World Symphony. (laughs) And this (laughs) sequence culminates in you being stabbed with a sword that goes through you and then all the way through and out the other side of the planet Earth. (laughs) This game's fucking bonkers. Doesn't that game have
0: like a fucking beach episode,
1: or like a spa episode? Yeah, it has its obligatory onsen episode built in. I fucking love it. Um, It's not very good. (laughs) Game two in this category. Going back to it. Going going back to the the old favorite, 2007's Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Nintendo Wii.
0: Oh, I remember that game sucked. I'm gonna say the joys of Pokemon can be a difficult.
1: (laughs) The joys of Pokemon can be a difficult thing to explain to those who haven't been hooked. From a distance, the core Pokémon games look like a standard-abiding Japanese role- playing games, and the changes that the series has undergone over the years have usually been subtle. The pieces might not be revolutionary, but they fit together with a precision that makes for an RPG experience that's accessible, highly engaging, and that lasts a long time. Pokémon Battle Re- Revolution is the latest in the series that started with Pokémon Stadium on the Nintendo 64. Essentially, it's a single piece of the Pokémon experience, the actual Pokémon fights, that's been brought to the Wii and polished up to a high shine. The thing about Pokemon Battle Revolutions is that, without any greater context of a grand adventure, Pokemon fights are kind of boring. Furthermore, the game's connectivity with Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for the DS ends up being a crutch. If you haven't already made the investment of time and money into one of those games, there's not much to get out of Pokemon Battle Revolution. Can I rant
0: about Pokemon Battle Revolution for, like, two minutes? Please do. (laughs) Okay. So, this game sucks. (laughs) Um, My biggest problem with it is, like, you know... The entire reason Pokemon Stadium existed was to because uh, Nintendo wanted to kind of take that competitive Pokemon scene and, like, make a game where, like, people could upload their Pokemon and have the presentation be a little snappier. uh, Have it, you know, just have a little more visual pizzazz than what the Game Boy was capable of. Um, So that was its primary function. But in addition to that, you had Pokemon that you could, like, you could pick any of the... Uh, 150 or later 250 pokemon and so you didn't need to have the game connected to st- have a fun time in addition uh there were different types of uh battle modes and campaigns and you also had like mini games and trivia and like there was a lot of side content that made that game feel worth it pokemon battle revolution has fucking none of that if you don't have diamond or pearl you are screwed Like, the game gives you pre-assigned teams, and that's it. The only good thing I can say about uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution is that graphically, it was pretty impressive for the Wii. Rant over.
1: (laughs) Going into our final paragraphs. What is perhaps most disappointing about Pokemon Battle Revolution is its half-hearted job of making the fights look exciting. The Pokemon themselves, the trainers, and the Colosseums all look good, if a bit aliased, but there's just no drama to the action. The game manages to make watching the trainers throw out Pokéballs look exciting, and some of the attacks have a good amount of flash. However, there are also a number of really plain-looking attacks, and those are the ones you seem to see repeatedly. Sorry, this sentence is worded very strangely. Most of all, the way the trainers interact with Pokémon in the ring just looks stagey and stiff, as if they're all just going through the motions. It's also worth noting that there's a ridiculous play-by-play announcer who goes from accidentally amusing to repetitive and grating within the first hour. Thankfully, uh, I he can think be he's mute.
0: actually the—he's the, the uh, Pokémon TV
1: series narrator. <laughs> <laughs> when you get down to it, the action itself is straightforward and single-minded to a fault. This may be a forgivable shortcoming if the very idea of seeing the Pokémon you spent hours and hours training in Diamond or Pearl is enough to get you excited. But for everyone else, it's even less appealing than a real Pokémon game. Okay. All right. So that's number that two. Not that one. All right. Yeah. And now I'll, number I'll three I will in this about category. This, whatever this is. Coming in at number three in this category, the review for. The Wii port of Rampage Total Destruction from 2007. What? Rampage Total Destruction came out on the GameCube and PlayStation 2 and then was very shortly thereafter re-released re- 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 on the Wii. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something different with this reading. The only thing more depressing than a remake of a classic game that isn't very good is a remake of a classic game that simultaneously isn't good on its own merits and also manages to bring you to the realization that the classic game on which it's based isn't as good as you remember it being. Midway's Rampage series took arcades by storm back in the late 80s, providing players with the ability to storm through various metropolitan areas of the world and destroy them with gargantuan monsters. It was the kind of simplistic, button-mashy fun that could fly in simpler times. A game designed specifically for mindless entertainment and to keep you inserting quarters. There hasn't been a new version of Rampage in half a decade, and after playing Rampage Total Destruction, the newest installment in the series, it's not tough to see why. The problem is that the gameplay simply hasn't evolved over time. You wander around the same types of two-dimensional environments, though now they're in pseudo-3D, punching the same buildings and eating the same people that you did back in the 80s. Now, that style of gameplay simply feels punishingly repetitive rather than goofy and fun. But whereas the PlayStation 2 and GameCube versions of Rampage that were released several months ago slavishly dedicated themselves to the same brand of repetitive button mashing that the arcade games did, the new Wii version tries to futz with the formula by adding in new motion-sensing controls. Unfortunately, these controls feel just as half-baked and irritating as the rest of the game. Now, Dylan, I have to share another image with you, and this will also be appearing on our Twitter feed without context. Okay. Get ready. This is a nightmare. Oh, Lord. Um, okay. It's... Oh. Go back to... Oh. Go back to Twitter oh, no. on... <laughs> go back to Twitter on the evening of the 30th of May and enjoy awful, awful imagery from Rampage Total Destruction. Oh, no. This is a nightmare. <laughs> it's real not good. Uh, it's just, like, three really poorly rendered and hard to distinguish beasts, like, humping a building. Alright, Chris,
0: if this isn't the lowest-score game, I'm fucking flipping my table.
1: (laughs) The fact that Rampage Total Destruction was already a pretty mediocre game to begin with means that a Wii version requires some serious revamping and a widespread improvement to make it something worthwhile. No such luck, it seems. Yes, you can hammer the Wii control up and down to make with the smashing, but this act does exactly zero to make the game any more playable or any less annoyingly repetitive. Squidward, at best, when did you become de- a gamer viewer? <laughs> at best, Total Destruction is a brief distraction. At worst, it's an obsolete relic from too many years ago that now on the Wii <laughs> seems even more antiquated and out of place. So as a reminder, we have Asura's Wrath, Pokemon Battle Revolution, and Rampage Total Destruction's Wii port. Dylan, what's the dud? I feel like it's...
0: It's either Battle Revolution or this, and I... I, Because, like, I want to say it's this, Rampage, but, like, you know, Pokemon Battle Revolution is, like, barely a game if you don't have Diamond and Pearl. Um, I'm going with Rampage. It's just too fucking ugly.
1: You got it in one. Rampage Total Destruction on the Wii came in at 5.1. Asura's Wrath and Pokemon Battle Revolution, rather, tied at 5.5. And hilariously... The PlayStation 2 and Game Boy Bu- or GameCube versions of Rampage: Total Destruction, five point seven. <laughs> 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 the Never Switch cared. to Wii did not do this game a favor.
0: Oh, I'm so glad! I'm so glad that Asura's Wrath is tarnished. Oh my god!
1: So, Dylan, we're gonna we're taking it steep. Steep nosedive here. I'm just gonna warn you. Oh boy. So first up on this list, Uno. Uno released in 2005 oh, as wait, a mobile phone Uno. game. <laughs> Uno for the mobile phone in 2005.
0: I thought I thought you were like, okay, this is the first one, Uno. And I'm like, yeah, Chris, no. I, I get it. It's the
1: first. <laughs> no, the game is Uno. There's no question that the quality level of mobile games has skyrocketed in the last 18 months or so. Yeah, Production true. values are rising along with consumer expectations, and there's now a solid foundation of high-profile franchises to build upon. However, every so often we run into a mobile game that harkens back to the medium's dark ages, high 2005, when the notion of quality control was still a pipe dream. Nuvo's mobile version Uno. of Uno fits this description exactly. We don't know how this game made it on to the download deck of the LG VX8000, <laughs> and frankly we don't want to know. All we can do... All we can do is advise you to avoid this lazy, unfinished train wreck of a game. How do you fuck up Uno? Final paragraph. If you set out to lay down textbook cases of all the things that could go wrong in a mobile game, you'd end up with Uno. (laughs) This game is rotten to the core and you wouldn't want to download it even if it were freeware. Consider yourself warned.
0: Seven out of ten.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of them.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Next we've got Coming in from 2011 for the Xbox 360, Thor, God of Thunder. Ooh. The curse of the blockbuster movie adaptation has plagued the game industry for more than three decades. Man, wait but a even second. a second, hist-
0: the was a fucking Thor game? I remember there being a Captain America game. I do not remember there being a, th- like, seeing anything <laughs> of a Thor game.
1: Oh, you're gonna find out why. But even a history of futility will not prepare you for the digital misery that is Thor, God of Thunder. Every aspect of this slapdash action game is forged within the flames of failure. Amateurish voice acting and woefully outdated visuals serve as a flashing red warning lights urging you to avoid this abomination, but it's the disastrous combat that ultimately punishes anyone unlucky enough to spend time with this awful game. Shallow combat marred by unresponsive controls and a stubborn camera is a recipe for pain, and when you combine those pieces with an unnaturally high difficulty level, it turns the entire endeavor into an agonizing ordeal. Even the biggest fans of Norse mythology and Marvel comics should stay far away. Thor God of Thunder is a terrible game that has almost no redeeming qualities. Okay. Final paragraph. A lack of clear direction means you often wander around looking for where to go next, and the usual problems such as sluggish controls and a troublesome camera persist. But that's to be expected in a game rife with problems. There is not one moment in this entire game that is genuinely fun, which makes the whole experience feel like empty padding. Sounds modern like video may games don't get much worse than thor god of thunder sorry what was that
0: i said it sounds like devil may cry 2 <laughs> anyway continue
1: so that was game two thor god of thunder for the xbox 360 mm-hmm. third game in this category uh-huh. from roughly the same from roughly the same strata sonic boom
0: yeah all right <laughs> 2014
1: <laughs> sonic boom rise of lyric we can't escape him <laughs> I have to share this. the uh, the 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 headline for this review is just Sonic Boo. <laughs> so well Fuck. done, Don Sass.
0: I I can't, I, can't, I have to stop peeking this goddamn microphone.
1: <laughs> Speed, agility, and precision were the keys to making Sonic the Hedgehog franchise one of gaming's earliest touchstones. But somewhere along the line, Sega lost sight of what makes the series work. Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, has a laundry list of problems, and not just problems inherent to the modern Sonic franchise, but failings of basic design. Rise of Lyric is crafted as a prequel to the brand new Sonic Boom cartoon, and it attempts to serve as an introduction to the Sonic universe for a brand new generation of fans. Sarcastic spiky blue hedgehog Sonic is joined by his pals, bullheaded nut, knuckles, geeky tails, and spunky Amy, on a mission to stop the technocratic lizard Lyric from wiping out all organic life on their planet as the villainous but inept Dr. Eggman complicates everyone's plans. Unfortunately, though, the story never manages to get off the ground. Players control Sonic and his three friends through a mix of combat, exploration, platforming, and speedrunning. Each playable character has a suite of unique abilities. Sonic is the fastest, can use his speed to dash to fly over ramps or bounce off levitating speedballs. Tails can hover in the air and use an array of gadgets to reach inaccessible areas. Knuckles is the strongest and can also cling to red crystalline surfaces to traverse the environment. Also, this game's a buggy mess and lets you jump over fucking anything with Knuckles. That's not in the review, I just have to share that. (laughs) And Amy can triple jump and engage in light acrobatics on pink balance beams. Unfortunately, while Rise of Lyric has several types of ga- uh, tries to be several types of games at once, it fails to be competent at any one of them. Skipping ahead to the end. Honestly, this game is a fucking train wreck, but I kind of love that they shipped it anyway. <laughs>
0: Why? It, it, it destroyed the company, Chris.
1: <laughs> People lost their jobs. <laughs> I do have to say, this game throws out that. One of the only successful... This review throws out that one of the only successful pieces of this game is the use of full metal alchemist Travis Willingham who makes a great and strangely self-aware knuckles. It's true. Travis's knuckles is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, But then throws out Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric is a failure at some basic levels of gaming. While it's understandable that a franchise may want to move beyond the simple elegance of its origins, a muddled web of poorly connected and even more poorly executed systems is not the answer. The Sonic name deserves better than this and so do consumers. Alright, so I feel like the so this, get, again, this category once more for the <laughs> listeners, we've got Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, we've got Thor, God of Thunder, and we've got UNO for the mobile phones of the early 2000s. Oh, man. You know, I feel like
0: because it's it's fun to dunk on Sonic, I want to say that's the dud, but, like, UNO just sounds like it fails as a basic game, like, more so than Thor or Sonic Boom. But what do I know? It's probably fine, but I'm, I'm
1: going with UNO. All right, Dylan is a fucking savant at this game. <laughs> it was Uno. Uno coming in at a whopping 1.9. Damn,
0: how do you fuck up Uno? And moreover, how do you fuck up Uno that
1: bad? Coming in one tenth of a point below both Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, and Thor God of Thunder, which were twos. <laughs> And now I've got one more strata for us. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. let's take a quick sojourn, take a seat, and crack open that playbill to spend some love on the people that help us make this show possible. Let's go! How you doing, Dylan? I'm I'm doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) You're way better at this game than I would have been. So, Thank you.
0: I, you know what? I don't know what it is, but like maybe it's because I've seen enough reviews in my time.
1: You know what else you're good at, Dylan? What? Geeking out about anime. It's true. And if I other am... people who don't know you in person would like to hear you geek out about anime, do you have any avenue for them to do that through?
0: Um, yes, Chris. Uh. You see, I am hosting another podcast with your friend and mine, Gentleman in Scholar Coop. Um. Unfortunately, I can't use his last name because I don't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love you I mean Coop is a pretty pretty standout name, so Yeah. Uh but anyway, we are on a podcast where we talk about uh the anime, like early eighties mecha anime, superdimensional fortress macross and we talk about this weird cross section of military, uh civilian life, uh culture, pop culture, um what makes us human all, all of that good stuff and we we talk about it as this kind of you know this this book club of sorts with this uh old 80s anime um and i don't know if coops talked to you about this chris but we we've been talking about like after we get through the original series we uh talked about like getting you on for like uh gunbuster oh i'd love that that'd be so fun okay yeah i thought you'd enjoy that so yeah yeah it, it it's a fun time um you know, we, we just shoot the shit, talk about characters. Me being an actor, I I try to provide reads into character motivations and stuff like that, because that is my MO. Um, and it's fun. I think you should check it out. And if you want to check it out, we are on anchor.fm slash dude you remember. That is D-U-D-E-You Remember. Uh, we, we are also now on Spotify,
1: Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes.
0: Um, you can um, also check us out on Facebook, at, on Twitter, at Do, Do You Remember? and yeah.
1: You should also be on the lookout for both Dylan and I doing work with our friends at the Unexplored Places. Uh, they're an actual play podcast. They are getting very close to finishing up their first season. I've been re-listening to it from the beginning uh, and just having a great time, and... I recently was on an episode of their Patreon-exclusive content doing a bad Western accent while making a lot of puns based on Carly Rae Jepsen songs. So if that sounds fun, you should head over to throw them some love at their Patreon. Uh, but regardless of that, you should definitely give them a listen. They're a great actual play podcast. You can find them at their site at unexploredcast.libsyn.com or on Twitter at unexploredcast. I'm also in a handful of upcoming audio dramas, one that's currently in release called Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic Mystery. You can find them wherever you get your podcast or check them out at Unwell Podcast on Twitter. And a couple of upcoming ones that I'm going to be involved in The Godshead Incidental on Twitter at head Pod and The Lockups on Twitter at Lockups Podcast. Uh, you'll get to hear me doing various flavors of Chris Wilson, the neurotic and the assholish. And also, hey guys. We really love everyone of you who has done and who's gone and uh, supported us over at the Patreon. It means the world to us. It's kind of wild that we have anyone giving us money because, like, we're just doing this for fun. You and like us. We, you really like us. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and we really appreciate it. If you like what we do and you want to show us your support in like a very tangible and fungible way. Uh, please consider checking out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Pod. There's a bunch of different reward tiers. There's different goals that you're going to be helping us to get towards. And at the end of the day, it's just a way of, you know, you telling us that you appreciate the work that we're putting into this and that you're liking what you're getting out of it. So that would be amazing. Um, anything else from you before we hop back in for this <laughs> real stinker of an end?
0: Uh, oh, boy. No, I think, I think I'm think i good. Let's <clears throat>
1: Let's roll right on. Alright, we're hopping into it. Uh Dylan, just to give you an idea of the depths to which I have sunk. Oh Lord. The first game in this category mm-hmm. is Superman Motherfucker. for the Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> Motherfucker. Alright, yep, hit me. Which is infamously <sighs> one of the worst games ever made. Yes. Since his creation back in 1938, The Man of Steel has faced such challenges as Richard Pryor, The Anti-Monitor, marriage, and the reworking of his origin, and even death. Heck, back in the old days, he used to kick the bucket about every other episode. Epi- episode? Issue. That's the word that's written on the page in front of me. <laughs> But never in the course of all those years has a threat appeared to dog his name and reputation as much as Titus's Superman game for the Nintendo 64. That's fair. The only Superman compliment I can find to say is that flying beats walking. If I've been in any other way uncle- uh, unclear up to this point, let me state it simply. This is easily the worst game I've ever played. To steal a, a line outright from a film review in the San Francisco Bay Guardian, it serves no purpose other than to firmly establish the bottom of the barrel. Ha! <laughs> Damn. I don't Um, think we need to dwell on that anymore. We might need to dwell on this one. Okay. I might just read this review in its entirety. I probably won't. It's longer than I thought it was. But here we go. Game two in our great stinker category from 2006 on the PlayStation 2 NRA Gun Club. What? (laughs) What?
0: Alright. Um I don't want to look up the score, but I wanna see the cover to this
1: game. Let All me right. find that for you. I can't believe this exists. Near the end of a platform's life, a whole new type of budget game starts coming out. <laughs> it's the nearly broken budget game that's targeted at people who own a console but aren't likely to be upgrading to the next set of consoles anytime soon. It's for the casual player, the type of person swayed by the design of the box cover in the low, low price of nineteen ninety five. Unfortunately, these games are often the most vile, underproduced games out there. NRA Gun Club, a target shooting game from Crave, is just such a game. It's disgustingly ugly, nearly silent, and shallow in a way that will put off anyone, whether a firearms enthusiast or not.
0: Oh, I have to look this game up afterwards. Okay, yeah. Alright, so we got Superman sixty-four, we Wait, got NRA. I'm not done. Gun Club? I have to read you the final paragraph. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: NRA Gun Club started with a bad idea and executed on that idea poorly. The awfulness stacks up, resulting in a nearly unplayable product. This is the sort of hastily slapped-together game that should have been a free bonus for subscribing to the NRA newsletter or something. Plus, this game promotes violence. You're bound to rip the disc out of your PlayStation 2 and fling it across the room almost immediately after putting it in. And hey, that could put an eye out. Don't say we didn't warn you. Hmm. So there's that. (laughs) Oh, this one's hard. This one's gonna be hard. (laughs) And then we've got, for the PlayStation... From 2000, the year 2000, oh, South Park.
0: What? There was a South Park game on the...
1: Okay. <laughs> Remember that show South Park? Remember how amazingly funny the movie was? Remember that lame first-person shooter that Acclaim put out for the PC and N64? Now that some people have started including the phrase, back when the show was still funny in their descriptions of South Park, with <laughs> 2000, <laughs> Acclaim wow. has released its already... yeah. <laughs> Even back then. Acclaim has released its already weak South Park 3D shooter on the PlayStation. The game that is not only old, the N64 version was released about 10 months ago, okay, but is also devoid of any fun whatsoever. (laughs) Final paragraph. Between the abysmal graphics, bad sound, and horrible gameplay, South Park is definitely one of those games that's bound to come up when you start thinking about the worst game you've ever played. It's a real throwback to the days of completely worthless games with decent licenses the kind of claim used to be infamous for back in the days of 8-bit and 16-bit gaming. South Park fans looking for some interactive action would be would do well to wait for South Park Rally or Chef's Love, Sna- Chef's Love Shack.
0: Isn't Chef's Love Shack like a shitty trivia game?
1: Probably. So Dylan, we've got, in our scraping the bottom category, Superman for the N64, South Park for the PlayStation, and NRA Gun Club for the PlayStation 2.
0: Oh, I just want to go to sleep. Um, man this is hard uh okay let me think i mean like superman 64 is like legendarily bad but that's because it's like a huge property and like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say superman 64 is lower than south park what what type of game was the south park game by the way i'm just Uh, curious was it racing? early
1: 3d first person shooter
0: okay i'm i'm gonna go with because I feel like I really need to see, like, a screenshot from NRA Gun Club.
1: Oh, I can provide. I okay. can provide. Please. Bear in mind, this is the PlayStation 2.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go with NRA Gun Club uh, before I even see this image, just because I feel like that's in the spirit of this game. Alright, give me give me just a sec. Let me... Oof. <laughs> it looks Oof.
1: real bad.
0: That's, uh... Oh, that's not a good... This, was the this game end came of the out Playsta- after Metal Gear Solid 3.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was the end of the PlayStation 2's lifespan.
0: Hey, you know what else came out at the end of the PS2's lifespan? Hmm. Fucking Persona 4. <laughs> yup. That oh, game
1: doesn't look like ass.
0: No, it does not. Oh, man. So you're going is... with
1: NRA Gun Club. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I hate to break it to you, but you is choked it, it You choked it in the final round it was superman 64 Ah, oh,
0: motherfucker I, I did
1: do a little I, I i will admit i bait and switched you a little bit on that one because it is the legendary and the obvious answer yeah superman 64 came in at a whopping 1.3 out of 10
0: what's the point three for?
1: <laughs> south park got 1.4
0: what these decimals don't make any
1: sense NRA Gun Club was the best game of these three at 1.6.
0: That is so fucking arbitrary. And I think I this, this is the point that you were trying to make. Exactly.
1: I'm just going back to this. These <laughs> ratings mean nothing. <laughs> See, I hope, you, I hope you all enjoyed listening to me read bad reviews. And boy, howdy, some of these games look terrible. <laughs>
0: yeah, not as heady as our normal stuff, but I, I had fun.
1: Yeah, and again, this, I, I think it's worth taking a moment to just like look critically at the way that these reviews are written sometimes and just be like, "Oh yeah, this means nothing." <laughs> but also it's fun to poke fun at games that are terrible sometimes. Well, so here the, we are.
0: The the reviews mean things. It's just that like, you know, the big old number at the end of it doesn't really mean much. Oh yeah, not not even a little bit.
1: Um but I hope y'all had fun. I had fun picking these out and I had fun listening to Dylan's reactions to some of these fucking me ranting about pokemon battle revolution i'd never i'd
0: never played that one i never owned a wii so that one slipped by me uh jordan and i uh my brother and i we we bought a wii for fire emblem radiant dawn because we were huge fans of the series uh at the time and you know while we were waiting for it to come out jordan got pokemon battle revolution and i was like dude i've seen reviews for this game it's not good and then you know (laughs) We played it for, like, a month, and then Jordan was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. But, um... So, yeah, that's our show for y'all this week. I hope you had fun. It's nice to be back from our long hiatus. We've got some, uh, at least one, hopefully a couple other uh, guest episodes coming up some in the next couple of weeks episodes and uh yeah we're 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 back we're ready hopefully my computer won't decide to just not have a screen anymore again and we won't have to take any more uh impromptu hiatuses so thank you all for listening to backstage gaming it means the world to us that you're back and spending time with us again as always if you like what we're doing you should check us out we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on the google play store we're in apple podcasts we're in i think that's it Mm. i think that's it but you should find us and drop a rating drop a review help us climb those aggregate pots at i can't talk what is wrong with me (laughs) (laughs) those aggregate charts is the human words that i meant to say and you should check us out at our website bsgpod.com there you can contact us you can see our bios you can find links to all of our episodes it's a nice little site
0: Yeah, uh, you should also check us out on social media. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, our Twitter, our handle is at BSG underscore cast, and we also have a YouTube. Um, And if you like or hate any of the stuff we talk about, maybe you think Pokemon Battle Coliseum, that's not what it's called. Battle Revolution is a great game, at which case you should yell at me and then use the hashtag
1: BSGpod. That'll make sure Dylan sees it. Yeah, yeah. Write all complaints in the notes of our Patreon field as you click Donate. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes do that um, <laughs> uh, also that'll big, really big... show us <laughs> oh no look at all this money oh bad dylan bad <laughs> <laughs> if you like the key art we use that is provided to us by our good friend brennan french and if you want to check out more of his heart art you should check out his Squarespace. BrennanFrench.squarespace.com. That is B R E N N E N hyphen French.squarespace.com. You can also check him out on Instagram. That is Instagram.com slash BrennanFrenchArts. No, hy- no hyphen.
1: You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the artist behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's also just a rad guy. He's been doing a lot of different music projects out in L.A. He's got a single out uh, recently on his SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. And he's got his EP, "Posthuman Angst, out on Spotify or wherever you find music. And it's fucking great, so go show him some love. And once again, just going to throw that out there. If you like what we do, if you want to help support some independent actors and podcasters just trying to make their way in this big, crazy world, check out our Patreon patreon.com slash bsgpod drop some love drop some cash make us flush help dylan buy a new microphone god i need one (laughs) (laughs) it'd make me as the editor happy too yeah and Uh. really again if you can't we get it we're actors we understand yeah but if you like what we're doing at least consider giving it a look and you know doing what you can and with that let's make like Superman 64 and sink into the cesspit of history goodbye everybody say goodbye